0: Welcome to the Catholic Truth Podcast, where we teach and preach the truth of the Catholic faith without compromise and without apology. We want to give you high energy and non-boring Catholicism, where anyone at any time can come to know exactly what the Catholic Church teaches and why. We do apologetics, spirituality, other religions, our culture, and more. Most of all, we want to inspire you, inform you, and help you to know, love, and live your Catholic faith with purpose and passion. We are Catholic Truth. Most people have no idea what the Crusades were about. Many people hate the Crusades, but know absolutely nothing about them. For example, I once got in a conversation with two Mormons, and after realizing that the Mormons couldn't defend their faith, they got very defensive, and they started attacking me. And they yelled at me. And one of them said, well, even if the Mormon church is wrong, I would never convert to the Catholic church. You guys had three popes at one time. You had the Crusades. You had the Inquisition. You had... I said, whoa, whoa, okay. Those are good objections. You know, why don't we talk about them? Which one would you like to talk about first? And he said, three popes at one time. And so I explained to him what the reality of that was and how it's not what he thought. And I said, what would you like to talk about next? And he said, the Crusades. I said, great, let's talk about the Crusades. What year did they take place? Immediately, they got tense and said, "Uh, oh, uh, we don't know what year the Crusades took place. I said, okay, well, who is the pope? At the time the Crusades took place. Which pope called for the Crusades? Immediately they looked at each other, they shrugged their shoulders, and they said, uh, again, we don't know. They said, what were the historical circumstances taking place at the time that the Crusades were called? Deer in the headlight look, silence. These Mormons hated the Crusades, but they had no reason to do so, they had no idea what took place during the Crusades and they knew no information about it, except that they were supposedly bad and they supposedly killed people. But the reality is, these Mormons had heard things about the Crusades like many people in the world, but they don't know about them. In order to understand the Crusades, we need to back up because there were two founders of two different religions Jesus Christ, who started Christianity and Mohammed, who started Islam. Over 600 years after Jesus started Christianity, and after Christians had spread out throughout the world, without using any wars, harsh words, weapons of any kind, or anything bad, a new religion came to power, which was Islam. Islam was started over 600 years after Christ, and it was started by a man named Mohammed, who was the opposite, in many ways, of Jesus Christ. Both men were persecuted. Jesus Christ was persecuted for preaching the true gospel from God and for claiming to be the divine son of the Lord God himself. Mohammed also came to Arabia, full of paganism polytheism and idolatry. And he came proclaiming one God and telling people to destroy their idols. Naturally, this was not a popular message. And so, Muhammad was persecuted. And when he went to Mecca, he was actually harassed and run out of Mecca. And he flew to Medina, which was about 250 miles away. And it was there at Medina that, unlike Jesus, who turned his back to his enemies, who turned his cheek and forgave them, who even forgave them when he was dying on the cross and did nothing evil in return, Mohammed ended up raising an army and going back and sacking his enemies, converting them all to Islam, and then using this massive army to try to take over the entire world. So when Muhammad was in Medina, he preached his message. And most of the Jews there, which is about 50% of the population, didn't convert. But almost everybody else did. And he created a little band of an army. And he started doing raids in local villages, local towns, and getting booty and money for himself and for his operations. And he then started raiding Meccan caravans and taking all of their wealth and their booty for himself. This caused the armies of Mecca to come out and try to destroy Muhammad. And they brought 1,000 troops to the battlefield, whereas Muhammad only had 300. He was outnumbered 3 to 1, and yet the Muslims defeated the Meccans. And they continued their raids of villages, they continued their plundering of booty, and they continued bringing in more people and creating an army that would grow larger and larger. And over time, to make a long story short, Muhammad... Who was a very charismatic personality was able to do something that had never been done before in the Arabian Peninsulas. And that was to unite all the warring clans of Arabia who all these little factions who couldn't agree with each other, Mohammed got together. He basically was made the head of Medina. And from there and from his base of operations, he put together an army and sent out letters to all the different tribes saying, surrender now and join us or face war and be killed and destroyed. And long story short, he ended up uniting the clans and creating this huge army, which he would then try to take over the world with. Muhammad led armies onto the battlefield and was known for even killing people. Not only in battle, but outside of battle as well. There were people who were getting on his case, and so sometimes he had them assassinated, including a mother when she was sleeping with her children. He was married to over 15 wives, and his youngest wife was 9 years old. They say that he was married to 11 wives at one time, but of course this isn't about Muhammad. We're just contrasting somewhat the difference between Jesus and Christianity. In Muhammad and Islam, Muhammad ended up dying, but his successors continued the war for Islam and trying to take over different countries for the cause of islam and Many years later, Heraclius would come from Constantinople with forty thousand troops, and not only was he defeated. By the Muslims. He was destroyed, utterly annihilated. No nucleus of survivors, no retreat, nothing. They literally destroyed the entire army and wasted it away to nothing. And this was the way that some of the Muslim leaders on the battlefield operated. And they continued to grow in power, they continued to grow in number. In that very same year, in 636 AD, after defeating Heraclius, Muslims brought together 30,000 troops. And created a full-scale invasion on the Empire of Persia. And just to make a long story short, this is not a video on the history of Islamic conquests, but the long and the short of it is that from 632 AD to 732 AD, Islam conquered everything from Afghanistan all the way over throughout the Middle East, to North Africa, and into Europe. City after city was destroyed. Country after country was taken over. Even all the Christian countries that took hundreds of years to establish through the preaching of peace in the gospel of Jesus Christ and missionary work and more were wiped out almost overnight with the sword of Islam. Countries just surrendered to Islam, and they continued to grow in power number. And in 100 years, they had taken over a large part of the entire world there at that time. They had conquered the entire Persian Empire and wiped it out. They took over the entire Roman Empire, wiping it out. And they took over two-thirds of the Byzantine Empire. And this is where the Crusades were called, we'll talk about in a second. Charles the Hammer Martel in 732 AD was the first one to really stop the Muslims in their conquest tracks. Him and his barbarian Franks, the people he ruled, conquered this huge massive Muslim army in that area that was pushing through Spain and through France. If they had not done that, who knows where we would be today. And between that and Muslim infighting, where they started warring with each other and fighting against each other, which put a lot of their conquest on hold, they still continued, after all of that, to continue to grow in number and to continue to grow in power. Many, many Christian lands were overtaken. And what did the Pope and the Catholic Church do for these hundreds of years where they were being killed and taken over and being subject to Islam? Well, they prayed for the Muslims. They never once responded with violence until Islam was trying to conquer the last major empire on earth, which was the Byzantine Empire. And the Commodore at the time, Commodore Alexius I, called on the Pope for help after two-thirds of his empire had been decimated. And remember that the Orthodox churches broke away from the Catholic Church 50 years old, earlier, broke away from the authority of the Pope 50 years earlier, and now he's turning back to the Pope and saying, will you please help us? And the Pope that took a year to pray about it, to think about it, and to say, should we do this? And after a year of thinking about it and receiving counsel, the Pope came to the conclusion that that we need to help our brothers in the East. Many innocent people are dying, many Christian lands have been overrun, and people are being unfairly subjected. And in 1065, right before the Crusades were called about 30 years earlier, a band of 12,000 unarmed pilgrims traveling to the Holy Land were attacked by Muslims two-thirds of this band of unarmed pilgrims were wiped out. And so the Pope came to the conclusion that we need to do something, and this is getting out of control. And so there were three reasons the Pope stated in his letter, yes, we have the letter of why the Crusades were started. We don't need to guess. Three things come out in the letter of why the Crusades were started. Number one, To come to the aid of our brothers in the east, to the Byzantine Empire, and to come to the aid of Commodore Alexius I who called for help. That was the reason, the primary reason that the Crusades were started. They were started to help others and as wars of self-defense. Reason number two, they wanted to take back the Holy Land which was taken by the Muslims and create a safe place passage there for Christians so that they could travel there without having their pilgrimages wiped out by Muslims who attacked them. So they wanted to take back the Holy Land and then create a safe passage for Christians to travel. And reason number three they wanted to take back many of the Christian lands on the way to the Holy Land and reestablish those for Christians so they didn't have to live under the rule of Islam. So all of these were noble reasons. They were to protect people, help people, and prevent more people from dying. So in 1095 in Clermont, France, Pope Urban II called for the Crusades. And it's estimated by some historians that about 100,000 people or more signed up and responded to the call. And this wasn't just soldiers. The Crusades were actually very disorganized and very difficult to orchestrate because people came from so many different countries. There was not one leader or just a few leaders. There were kings. There were nobles. There were actually military leaders and knights. There were peasants and regular men and women like you and me. I mean, there were many people, including unarmed peasants, who just wanted to go along and pray for the cause. Now this was an incredibly expensive endeavor many people had to sell everything they owned or most of the things they owned just to subsidize their trip and be able to fund themselves to go over to the holy land and come back it took about three years to walk to the holy land so you had to raise a lot of money and we had to get a lot of food a lot of supplies to last for walking for three years, much less fighting and having the enemy steal your stuff, burn your stuff, uh, poison water wells, and many other things like that. This was a very, very difficult task. So it was not about gaining power, it's not about gaining fame or money or popularity or anything like that. In fact, you lost money. If you came home at all, you probably had nothing, and many Christians had to rely on other Christians just for charity. Many kings and nobles had to sell everything they owned to subsidize themselves and a few of their subjects as well. So this was a huge cause, very disorganized in many ways. Kings from different countries have different ideas, different leaders and different groups refused to listen to the Pope or refused to listen to military commanders, and they did their own thing. So there was a lot of confusion. But all in all, these soldiers walked across day after day, night after night, sleeping on the sides of roads, sleeping in the forests, not knowing if they were. Going to wake up the next day because a Muslim horde would find them and wipe them out. Day after day, they saw their food. And water and supplies being depleted and it was very difficult fighting battles looking on every side of you to know if you were going to live or die and you didn't know and so this was a very difficult endeavor the long and short of it is that almost three years later they arrived at the holy land and they started the siege of jerusalem which had high walls they hardly had any food left no water left they didn't have any siege engines at the time and the first huge, massive attack that they did against Jerusalem. They failed miserably and they lost tons of people. In fact, it's estimated that the, the starting army, maybe of about 100,000, probably had less than a third left by the time they got to Jerusalem, if that. So there wasn't much left, and they couldn't defeat the Muslims, and they were getting angry. The Muslims had poisoned all the water holes in the area so they couldn't drink, they couldn't hardly eat. It was super incredibly hot heat, and these... Christians were just getting angrier and angrier and more intense and more despairing over this whole cause. And then one abbot said that he's going to proclaim a fast. And they fasted and walked around the city of Jerusalem, no lie, with bare feet, without weapons, they walked around the city for days, not really eating and just praying, carrying crosses, carrying holy relics and praying their hearts out. And after that, the abbot said that the whole city would fall in nine days if they did this and he was absolutely right they finally after praying they besieged jerusalem again because greeks and english ships showed up that a naval support with tons of food um, siege weapons everything they needed to take the city and they did the long and short of it is that they eventually took back jerusalem they secured many christian lands along the way and allowed the christians to worship freely again which is another video for another time of how christians lived under Muslim rule, but they secured what they wanted to do. They protected the Byzantine Empire, they came to the aid of Alexius I, they secured the Christian lands, and they took back the Holy Empire. Right after that, the Egyptians, who had been dispatched to come help the Muslims defend the Holy Land, got there too late and ended up coming into Christian-ruled Jerusalem, and they ended up wiping out the Egyptians who attacked them, and they ruled the Holy Land from that time on for a little while, until the Second and Third Crusades and and so on, but at least for the First Crusade. When people talk about the Crusades, the Crusades, the evil Crusades, they're talking 99% of the time about the First Crusade. There were many Crusades. Depending on how different historians number them, there could be up to seven or even nine Crusades. But most people just know of the First Crusade, and that's the one that's written about in the history books. And we'll talk about other ones in videos in the future, but for now, the Crusades themselves. While there were abuses in the future, especially with the Fourth Crusade, and there were bad things that happened, even in the First Crusade, some abuses happened, not by the authority of the Pope and not by the authority of the leaders, by out-of-control people who refused to listen to their leaders. Bad things did happen, but the Crusades themselves were noble. They were called for a good reason. They were wars of self-defense to help other people. That's why the Crusades were called. They weren't bad. Some people will say, well, the Catholic Church killed the Jews, and the Pope had Jews killed, and the Pope wiped out these people, and none of that is true. They're all historical myths, kind of like that the Crusades were started in order to kill the Muslims, or kill people who disagreed with them, or wipe out other religions, and all of that is not true. We can see that the Crusades were started for a good reason. And of course, we're going to have a lot more information on this. You can check out our website, thecatholictruth.org. We have four articles written on the Crusades and on the other Crusades that didn't go so well and some bad, atrocious things did happen. We bring that out. But these are the historical truths that need to be uncovered. Enough with the myths already. Enough with the lies already. Enough with the half-truths already. God hates lies. God doesn't like half-truths or even ignorance. God loves truth because he is truth. So even if you don't like the Catholic Church, let's at least get the story straight of what really happened and if you can help us make more videos help us go out into the streets interview people do apologetics please support our ministry we do retreats we do parish missions we do apologetics seminars you want us to come to your church bring us in once this quarantine ends bring us to your church we will give you top-notch expert seminars to teach your parishioners or your groups the catholic faith and to be able to explain it to be able to defend it and to fall in love with it so please Like this video, share it. And if you haven't subscribed, you really like this video, subscribe. We have so many more awesome videos on the way. And most of all, please support our ministry, Catholic Truth. Check out our website, thecatholictruth.org.